burn. <laughs> Freaking cold. <laughs> Did you guys ever go out and say, hey, the, right out of the right out of the gate talking about the snow? Because uh, what else are you going to talk Why about? Why wouldn't you know. talk about <laughs> snow? Uh, Do you guys go out at all when it hit 12 around around here? 12 yes. degrees? Yeah. Yes. Outside, like in my house. Just yeah. to feel it? Yeah. I did, yeah. Did you see what the wind chill was for that? Negative no. one. Was it really? Yeah. It's it's not the cold. It's the it's the humidity that gets you. I know. People <laughs> people just don't know. Yeah. I have a uh, seventy pound dog, so I had no choice. Yeah. Oh, Except my dogs were loving it. They yeah. were outside playing in the snow like crazy. I was we like, went on a normal walk without any leash, and he was just going completely crazy because the birds here are like, "What is going on?" And they can't find their food, so they're everywhere. Yes. Yeah. He almost killed a few. I was, I was proud of him. He got close. Mm. Until he brings it in, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So what about you? Did you get out? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I got to be like the faucet monitor <laughs> for, for outside. We have this uh, We have this out of the ground spigot in the very back of my yard. So I was constantly checking on that because if that froze, trouble. it's going to be a freaking ice skating rink back there. You have a little one too. So that's, yeah. uh, that's been probably different. Yeah, I mean, we didn't, it was just hard being locked up. Like, it was honestly like March of last year or April. Like, it just, it did feel very quarantine y. <laughs> like, we've been here before, it's but been, for different too reasons. Soon, too soon. <laughs> too soon. I'm not ready to go back. 2020 was never gone. <laughs> so, we braved the elements. We're here yeah. in the studio recording an episode because our listeners are demanding it. They demand it. And here we are. I got at least one text at saying, least. Where's the episode? Yeah. I did not time. It was from Hunter. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but here we are again. I'm actually. Um, over and above excited about this episode for this Great. main reason, yes. I love that. Because we are returning back to one of my favorite episodes that in the thousands that we've done together, one of my favorite episodes, 10 Questions with Hunter. We're going to dub this another 10 Questions with Hunter, and hopefully as we go throughout the years, it'll be another, another, another 10 Questions here's, with Here's Hunter. a thought I had the other day, uh, other day meaning right now. Um <laughs> We have we have uh, the episode known as episode 100 coming up in like Ooh. in like 15 or so episodes. So my question is, are we just gonna just gonna go for it? Do 100 questions for Hunter? <laughs> ultimate, <laughs> ultimate rapid fire for time. <laughs> for time. 100 questions for time. That'd be crazy. That would be funny. Yeah, it would be just like us though to be like, oh wait, we did 100 episodes. I forgot. Yeah. Know. When did that happen? We're going to have to get uh, the whole gang in here. The whole gang. We're getting the gang back together. Wait, Caleb's coming back? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Uh, if we did 100 questions for time with Caleb, it would have to be multi-episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy has more words than me. So, yeah. I say we get right to this because Great. I, I believe these questions are going to be very, very interesting. So, uh, 10 questions, three minutes a question. 30 minutes. Um, tops. Some of these will be a little bit quicker because we do have, when we get to question eight, uh, we do have rank from one to ten. <laughs> <laughs> Chase is like, are you kidding Jeez. me, bro? Yep. Ten <laughs> items. Saturday, man. Ten I got, items I to rank to one from ten. Yeah. These will be quick, though. But it's all Hunter, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, what, yeah. It, the problem is when we both you and I also get to decide. Correct. That's when it gets long. I am ready to argue about a few of his rankings. Rank though, so one, so. To ten. one to ten. One to ten, yeah. You got a sheet of paper and a pen? It, no, 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 no. It's just like you just need to rank these particular items on a scale of one to ten. Oh, that's okay. what I mean. oh okay. not in uh, order. Right, I okay, I that's thought you were going to rank them. I knew you guys were confused, so yeah, I cleared you. that up. So, all right. Speaking of confusion, let's start with question one. Great, Hunter. You're going to have to put your thinking cap on for this one, okay. and I know because of the way that you think, this is going to be a little bit more difficult to answer than you first might imagine. All right, you ready for this? Yeah. Okay. 
engage the uh, mechanism. If you knew you were going to be stranded on a remote island for one year, okay, mm-hmm. so you know yeah. after a year you, you're going to make it off. You just got to survive for one year. Who of these five people would you take with you uh. and why? Ready? Yeah. So you got. This, is this going to be offensive? To let's some make people? it. Let's make it four. Let's oh, make okay. it four. Okay. <laughs> I was, was going to throw Chase in as number five. <laughs> <laughs> we already know the answer. Though. We know the answer. <laughs> to that. All right. So four options here. Number one, a PhD in history. Okay. Number two, Rich Froning. Number three, a chiropractor. Number four, Anthony Kiedis. Do you, is it like? He can bring all of them or none of nope, them? No, just and, one of the four. Oh, one of the four. One of the four, and you're going to be with them for a year. I would like bring he, the PhD in history. That's you gotta, which, which part of history is he most proficient in, though? He's a PhD. He knows enough about all of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I would say the PhD in history. All right, sure. you would take the PhD in history. I, I, have, I would be. I would want to be entertained more than anything. Okay, entertainment makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. So Stim- uh, 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 good conversation. Mental yeah. stimulation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you'd be like, hey, man, entertainment. So you're just trusting that this guy, is a, he's a total geek. Let, let's uh, break those down. The chiropractor, I mean, I can understand that, uh, uh, you know, keep you feeling good, keep you getting adjusted. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm bringing Rich Froning, all we're going to do is work out. So. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. It would have to be a remote island that has lots of cool <laughs> possibilities. I feel like that if you're on the, the island, your whole livelihood at that point is going to be a workout because it's yeah. all manual labor to that point. I'm going to say, based on watching Mayhem's YouTube channel, I don't think Rich would be great company. No, um, he I mean, he would turn it into a little a, dirty. Yeah, yeah, he'd turn it into a competition. And be like, all right, when when everybody gets back to rescue us, we're actually going to have a CrossFit <laughs> box that we built here on the island. <laughs> I'm like, dude, chill out. All right, whoever yeah. gets the most coconuts <laughs> <laughs> off the tree in yeah. ten minutes. Yeah, Rich would not be great company. So uh, Anthony although, Kiedis, that would be interesting, but I think eventually you get tired of him singing the same songs over and over and over again. Or he would make you sing. He's really funny though. Entertainment Is wise. Oh yeah. yeah, any interview I've seen with him, he's been hilarious. Him and Flea. Yeah, I think entertainment-wise, I'm going to say Anthony Kiedis, he's going to give you the best chance of having a great time yeah. for an entire year. Hey, and then maybe he can take you on tour afterwards. Yeah, so a lot so of So there are some about, ulterior motives. You build enough relationship, you can go on tour with Red Hot Toilet Peppers. Thank you. Go backstage. Thank you. So also, maybe Froning would not be great company, but you would have a really tight friendship with this guy once you got home. Would you, though? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Also, is that even worth the connections? Yeah, friends with Rich Froning. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's a PhD in history going to do for you? Like, I feel pretty sure, like, member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, or yeah, cross it's like, yeah, who's yeah. this guy? He's like, oh, he's he's uh, teaches at uh, whoever. But then you get home, you're like, that's one of those friendships that's definitely going to die out. You're yeah, like, hey man, we were history like, guy. Yeah, we were friends of proximity. I was using you for your knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I did think though, if this guy knows a lot about history, then maybe he would know a lot about the history of the place where you're stranded. And it could help you survive. <laughs> if it's a deserted island, I don't think there's any history on hey, it. Hey, who knows, <laughs> yeah. man? You know, maybe maybe a guy from uh, the Second World War is still there thinking that it's going on. All right, so you're going to take the PhD in history yeah. simply because it's going to be like the remote uh, island version of Netflix. Yeah. Okay, that would make sense. So you just say, hey, tell me about... Tell me about uh, 1764. <laughs> I think we're also disregarding that this dude may be interesting outside of history as well. <laughs> Maybe he has a whole no, personality. Look, look, if he has a PhD in history, he's not really interesting. <laughs> he is not interesting in any other way. Total geek. If you're a PhD in history, you let us know and we'll decide whether you're interesting or not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We may fly you and Hunter to an island for a week. Oh, Test gosh. this hypothesis. Yep. 
All right, question two. All right, so that was just the warm-up. That was good. That gives you the temperature of where we're headed today. All right, you ready for question two? Yeah. Tell us about an experience you've had recently that reminded you why you do what you do. Oh. That's a little lamer of a question. An experience that you've had recently where you're like, that's why I do what I do. Um, There was one, and I'm blanking on it. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Man, it made a huge impact. It really did. I can't remember what it (laughs) was. Changed my whole day. Um. I would say um, anytime somebody um, reaches out and is excited about a certain, you know, some progress they've made, hitting a new PR or whatever, um, I get the most excited at this point. I've talked about this before when uh, when our coaches uh, text or call or are excited about the progress they've been able to help somebody else make. Um, that, That really fires me up because... Um, it's, it shows that we're empowering other people to be able to, um, do what they love and, and have a career and a profession out of that, uh, specific thing. So, uh, whenever, you know, Sydney or Caleb or Chris, um, are reaching out and talking about, um, a a specific client that they're working with, who's made a a ton of progress and for me, their text. And I can see how excited they are about that. That's that's what gets me fired me up, gets me fired up, and gets me going, um, and and keeps me, um, you know, coming back for more. I would say. Yeah, I would say that's consistent because I, I think I saw a post. It was maybe a nutrition post a couple of days ago where uh, someone had really made some progress. They were very yeah, excited about yeah, it. Yeah, that they texted Caleb about. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a screenshot yeah. of a text. Yeah, yeah. So for you now, it's like second, third generation. Like yeah. you knew that the way that you wanted to go about building this fitness community was going to work. It was first generation. And now it's getting to that second generation. Like, man, other people are catching on to this and they're able to make a difference when I'm not in the room. Well, this is, yeah, that's one thing I learned is there's only so many people that I can physically have an impact on and help um, just because you're limited. But if I can teach uh, other coaches what I've learned, then they can help, uh, you know, then the impact is a lot greater. And so it's kind of exponential growth. And then they're teaching other people, uh, you know, what to do. Here's something that was pretty cool that I just thought of. Uh, Sydney is our uh, our head coach and manager in Oxford. And she's, you know, she graduated college like a year and a half ago. But she is, she's been doing a phenomenal job. And one of her coaches asked her to write her a letter of recommendation. And she was like, I mean, I don't know what to do on this. I was literally just just graduated college a year and a half ago. I don't think I'm qualified to do this. I was like, of course you are. I mean, you've been you're you've been doing a great job, and I know it feels like that, but you're definitely qualified for it. It's not anything about your age, you know. And so I thought that was pretty cool for somebody to be able to go from a year and a half ago, you know, part time coach with us to now writing letter of recommendations for other people who that's going to help them in their in their career. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. That can be a tough transition as a, as a small business owner, can it? Cause you'd be like, you almost get addicted to that feeling of helping people yeah. one, one to one. And you have to make it this mental shift of I'm working to create the ecosystem yeah. where that can go on for other it people. It depends on, I mean, everybody's different. What do you, what do you, what are your specific goals? You know, some people just really want to hone in on working with 10, 20, 30 people one-on-one. That's great. Or they want to focus on that one specific uh, gym where, you know, what is it? You, you can only have a close relationship with at max 150 people. I mean, that's scientific. 
Yeah, yeah, not even close. Yeah, like just maybe a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so like you're maxed out at that number. But if you can teach other people uh, to do what you've done, and then they can, then they can help 100, 150 people, and then they can also take, teach other people to do it. Then you can kind of grow exponentially, and that's kind of where my interest lies: is trying to help as many people as we can. And so I get excited when um, I've helped somebody else uh, or taught somebody else what I've learned, and then they can pass that on and help somebody. That's that's really cool. Obviously, Hunter loves a project. Mm. All right, speaking of projects, let's go to question three. Now, I will say in this question, you may may have to phone a friend, and by friend, I mean Chase on this one. Okay. Okay? We all know you're an avid reader. We talk about that a lot here on the podcast. Say I've been commissioned to write a book about your life. What would the title be of this book? And are there any chapter titles that you can think of? What would the title be? Um, Um. the pinnacle of excellence. <laughs> <laughs> Colon, the humble story of Hunter Owen. The humble story. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Great to even greater. The story of Hunter Owen. <laughs> Forward by Jesus. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. All right, next question. Yeah, I don't, I mean, we nailed it right there. (laughs) How to win at life by Hunter Owen. Yeah. No, I was actually, as I was writing this question, I was trying to think of titles and they all, they all kind of went that direction. It's hard not to. Yeah. I think it would would definitely have a lot of humor. Uh, That's so funny what Chase said. I mean, that's perfect. (laughs) The pinnacle of excellence, the humble story. (laughs) Somebody out there right now is like, we have to get this book published. (laughs) If nothing else for the cover page. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think it it would would be, it would be me taking the bull by the horns. (laughs) Like in uh, Dodgeball. Yes, yes. (laughs) my face on it yeah. oh uh it reminds me of that picture in your office of like you're the train yeah the the train. Train, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good the more intriguing part of that question i think is the chapter titles yeah like, what would the, what would the chapter titles be uh chapter titles oh gosh the glory days chapter, chapter one cha- chapter is it one. like is it like biographical is that what we're going with yeah i think so yeah chump to champ <laughs> <laughs> chapter one chump to champ <laughs> I think one chapter title would probably be um, uh, "The Night I Hit the Home Run" or something like that. Yeah. That was that was a big day. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. It was a big one. Um, speaking of, uh, so uh, a lot of you probably know Tate, who was our uh, one of our coaches who passed away, and he was one of my best friends growing up. And we went to elementary school, high school, college together, and played baseball together. But him and I had. You know, right when we were done with baseball, we were really into working out a lot, and we were talking about business ideas and stuff, and we were going to come up with a chump the champ in six weeks challenge. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like uh, something six he would weeks, say. You're a champ. You are yeah. a champ. Before yeah. that. I'm going to take you from a chump, turn you to a champ, six weeks. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, being around Tate, that you instantly felt like a chump. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that would definitely work because you had that feeling. Now, could he make you feel like a champ in six weeks? I don't know. That that guy always looked at me like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like really sympathetic. So, uh, yeah, I miss that guy. So Chump to Champ, that would be one of the chapters. Uh, the Night for the Home Run, I think that would yeah. be another chapter. Uh, how about Grow, bef- learning, growing? Yeah. Before you start your business. Yeah. One of those. Yeah, yeah. I, God, coming up with like chapter titles, that'd be tough. I mean, I think I could come up with chapters of my life, but like what you would call it, that would take a lot of time. Yeah. But you know, like significant areas of my life. Yeah. That would be like, uh, uh, you know, elementary, you know, school time. High school was definitely a significant one. And then college was a significant one playing baseball and all that type of stuff. And then the post-college, like, 
what am I going to do? That would be a short time period, but I think it was very impactful on like, on me, on what direction I'm going to take. And then, um, you know, the CrossFit competition phase, business, opening the business phase, and then like really trying to hone down on self-development, self-growth, growth, business growth, all that type of stuff. Um, and then it's kind of like, uh, I think 2020 could have its own chapter. Well. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, maybe its own section. Yeah, hey, here's, one, here's one I just thought of. How about um, how to break your collarbone? Yeah, like that would be a chapter on not letting distractions come into your life that cost you. Yeah, man, I should write your book, man. <laughs> that was a question for me. Or actually. that could be a chapter on uh, terrible coaching. <laughs> terrible coaching. How to know when you have a bad coach? Yeah. yeah, how to break your collarbone? Yeah, that's pretty good. I think what we should probably do is off mic jot a couple of these down. They could turn to your blog post, then eventually compile them. Boom, there's the book. We already have the cover, the title, everything. Mm. I know that. we'll sell one copy, my mom. <laughs> That's right. I don't think my wife would buy one, but my mom would. <laughs> you can always count on mom, man. That's what they're there for. Yeah. All right. So here's a here's a little bit of a shift. Question four. This one really, I can't wait to hear the answer to. What's something you're researching or digging into right now that we should know about? Oh, and this was uh, one of my recommends, but uh, I um, I'm really I really you know the more I've kind of read and you know I've read a lot of the business self-help type books and after a while you kind of get tired of reading that type of thing you yeah. see a lot of the same stuff sound the same and yep. so I'm more interested in learning about successful people and like their lives and so I love a good biography and so I've I've really kind of dedicated and made a commitment to reading a lot more biographies and it can be daunting because a lot of times those are really long books 400 yeah. plus pages oh thousand pages yeah. like a good a good biography of like you, you you're just like who's somebody in history I want to learn about Let's go find the best rated biography on them, and you go and look it up. Here's a uh, Winston Churchill, three parts, <laughs> each one on fifteen hundred pages. Yeah. You know, it's like the pre-war years. Best one, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, right now, I'm reading um, Napoleon, uh, a life, and it's just fascinating to me. Um, I'm only about a hundred pages in, but it's it's really really good, and I'm just I'm I'm just fascinated by excellence and what makes people, you know, successful people who they are, <clears throat> and not just that, but like. What's it like to actually be at that point? Like, is it as glamorous as everybody makes it out to be? Because I think, you know, we look at these famous people and uh, they're just like almost like abstract figures. We don't ever like they're they're not even human to a point, And we don't ever think about like what it's actually like to actually what they've been through to get to that point and what it's like to actually be there. Is it, is it worth it? So that's something that I'm kind of interested in. So do we as a general public misunderstand this man 100 pages in? Yeah, this guy says so, yeah. Yeah? And I think, I mean, I mean, you think about it, like, who thinks Napoleon was an actual person? Like, we don't ever really think of him as, like, a flesh and blood human being. He's just, like, like a Napoleonic figure. syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. And, like, there's all these character traits and things that we assign to him. But, like, this guy actually was a person who, you know, didn't know a whole lot of anything and made a whole lot of mistakes growing up and wrote a bunch of really bad <laughs> uh, short stories and stuff. And uh, he even talks about like going, looking back on some of the stuff he's read, he was embarrassed and he wanted burned. But one thing that really sticks out to me is like, he was a voracious reader from a very young kid and he was reading about all the great men that he, he looked up to and he was consuming everything he could about Caesar and Alexander and what made them successful. And that's what led him down that path uh, to be like them. So, mm. interesting. so the things you're thinking about, you will eventually become. Yeah. Ryan Holiday talks a lot about Napoleon's approach to limiting distractions and 
uh, answering letters like a month or, or two weeks or something after they arrived. And you remember that? And I think it was um, Stillness is the Key. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm pretty fascinated by that guy, but I don't know that I could hang in there that long. I'll just let you tell me at the gym. Over it's the- actually, a, you know, it's it's a lot of that stuff is like daunting for the length of it, but it's, when you actually read it, it's it's really easy to read and, and you know, it's, it's absorbing. Yeah, the stuff you were talking about earlier, that's where I get bored, where it's like three principles for this, five ways to that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. gosh. But reading about a guy's life, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. All right, a little bit of a shift here for question five. Way, way more into the business, way less into the personal. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe. All right, question five. What's the biggest challenge facing Coyote Fitness in the next five years, and what are you doing right now to meet that challenge? Oh, the biggest challenge facing us right here uh, in the next five years. Yeah. Uh, our biggest challenge is uh, expanding our influence and the amount of people that we can help in in the, in the state as a whole. And what we're doing now is trying to continue to improve uh, what we offer and how we help people and, and, you know, just trying to make it as as efficient as possible and also as beneficial to our members as possible. So we're constantly adding value and helping people um, meet their goals and their progress and, you know, make their progress or whatever. And so uh, the biggest challenge for us is just how do we do that with more people? And so um, for me personally, that means um, constantly trying to uh, find great uh, team members who fit our um, what we're looking for and trying to, you know, find that talent early on and, and try to find a place for them. So that's uh, that's our biggest goal. And then another one that we re- I really want us to grow on the video side of things as far as YouTube and um, starting to put out a lot of video content, content as well. Um, so those are our two big ones. It's interesting is the state that we live in and that there are these huge pockets where fitness is such a big deal. Yeah. But overall, so many of us grew up with the wrong idea of what fitness actually is, and there's there's so much education that has to happen. Yeah. Um, and it's not that people are lazy, that a lot of people have been trying to figure out how to be fit for almost their entire lives. Yeah. They've just gotten they bad just information know. or, you know. And that's that's something, you know, and I've felt that frustration before, and a lot of people feel it, and that's something that I want to be able to help is, like, we've – I've tried so many things, our team has tried so many things, and we've found – what works and it's like when you find that you want to share that with as many people as possible because you know how frustrating it is to have this problem I'm not happy with how I look I'm not happy with how I feel my doctor is not happy with my blood work you know if I keep going down this road you know I might die a lot sooner than I should Uh, I might have chronic health issues I mean being in chronic pain and sick all the time is just awful you know and nobody nobody should have to do that we want to try to help as many people as we can you know, live as good, a uh, high quality of life as they can. And so it's, it's like, our, it's almost a moral obligation to, if you find something that works to, uh, sh- share that with as many possible people as you can. No doubt. And I love that you guys call, um, and we're going to get to this in future episodes, but I love that you call the entry into Coyote Fitness on ramp. Yeah. And it feels like to me as an observer and also a participant in, in a lot of the stuff that goes on there. That's exactly what you're trying to create, as many on-ramps as possible. Mm -hmm. On-ramp, people think about it incorrectly if they're thinking this is to get you ready for a CrossFit class. It's an on-ramp to get you into a particular lifestyle to to get all these benefits afterwards. So, yeah, I could see how that would be a big challenge because, I mean, let's not even talk about um, the nutrition side of it. (laughs) Just learning how to be 
active and correctly active, that's a big challenge uh, for a lot of us. You know? Well, and, and, you know, we've launched our nutrition um, coaching and that's really taken off and we're trying to get more of our coaches doing that so we can help more people because we, the people that go through it and commit to it um, and stick with it are the, just the, the benefits they're making are just tremendous. And when you can really learn, I mean, think how many people like are frustrated because they need to lose weight, but they're not sure what to do. And there's a million and one different people out there telling you this diet or that diet, you know, no carbs, high carbs, low fat, high fat, you know, low protein fasting, you know, and it can be very overwhelming for a lot of people. And, um, so if we can get this simple message out there that we can help, help you get to where you go and walk with you the, the, every step of the way. I mean, that's transformative to people. And our goal is I mean, we don't want to be coaching you and diet for the rest of your life or, you know, nutrition. We want to, you know, work with you for a little uh, uh, short period of time uh, in the grand scheme of things. A year is not that long. And the goal is for you to be able to know what you need to do for the rest of your life after, after that point. And so that's our goal is to empower people to be able to, um, know what they need to eat and you know how they need to eat and how they need to live to be able to live a healthy lifestyle for the rest of their life and get and empower as many people as we can to 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 know that that's exactly how it goes man i think probably a campaign y'all should go on is uh you're going to post the pictures of that 10 year reunion, that 20 year reunion. You're like which one of these people is involved in coyote fitness? Yeah, they, man, they're going to stick out. Uh, you really start to see it. Like when you start getting around, you know, like you said, your peers at your 10 year reunion or whatever, and you start looking around at people that you graduated high school with who are the same age. And you're like, Oh my gosh, they man. look terrible. <laughs> they, they look so much older. And then the people, I always tell people, people who come to, to Coyote Fitness consistently just look, they look younger. Like there's so many people who look like if you would take somebody off the street and ask them how, young, how old they are, they look five to 10 years younger than they actually are. Uh, no matter if they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, they all look younger. There's a healthy glow and it's just something that you start to pick up on. Um, and it's just, it's just there. I'm a firm believer that you can see some, how healthy somebody is just by looking at them from the outside. Yeah, somebody guessed me for 36 the other day. Really? A, te a teenager, yeah. That a boy. Almost 42, baby. Make it happen. And I'm bald. He, so did, he, did, call you, he did call you a boomer, though, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. no, no, that was my son. That's a different story. He's <laughs> like, come on, boomer. He paid for that one, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, this is going to be an interesting one because we, we came at this question last time we were, we were doing this, and I think I've designed it a little better this time. Okay. All right? In your own words, what does the phrase fail forward mean to you fail forward fail forward in your own words what does that phrase mean to hunter owen uh fail forward is uh just the epitome of growth mindset and seeking out failure to because that's going to eventually get you to where you want to be um if you are afraid of failure you are never going to make much progress in life everybody fails and that's one thing you learn when you start to learn about other successful people and reading biographies, all that type of stuff, their lives are littered, littered with failure over and over and over and over. They, again, they fail, they fail, they fail, but they use it, they learn and they adapt and they, they, they just look at failure as something to learn from, to make me, help me move me uh, forward the next time. Um, I was watching the uh, this show on Disney plus called becoming, and it's kind of like a Disney five. And I think I talked about this before documentary, mm -hmm. But one thing that really stuck out to me was Adam, I think it was Adam Devine, um, 
and I think I talked about this before, but he literally got rejected for 150 commercials before he got his first one. And like, you just see this guy, he's famous now, he's rich, he's a celebrity, he's on, you know, he's on movies, he's on TV shows, and you're just like, man, that dude, you know, he's got it made. But you don't look at the path where he literally got rejected 150 times. Like, fathom that, somebody telling you no 150 times, like, most people would quit after one or two, like, I can't do this, like, I'm never going to get it. But he got told, told no 150 times. And to me, that's the definition of growth mindset. It's like, okay, I didn't get this one, but I'm going to learn from it, and I'm going to apply it to the next one. And that's what failing forward is. It's using your fail, failure to ultimately get you where you want to be. Yeah, I could see that. I think something that piques my curiosity on your answer is, I've seen you throughout our friendship, you kind of categorize failure. And let me explain what I mean. So you had this season in your life where you're really intensely focused on your business because of all the stuff that we said in these prior questions and your fitness suffered. Mm-hmm. Fair way to say that? Yeah. So your fitness suffered, but you, you didn't get trapped in that, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not, I'm not as fit as I used to be. You were able to say, okay, I may have fallen back in this particular category, but it's because I had to focus energy on that other category. So it's kind of like you're, defi- you're, you're categorizing your failures within a larger context of winning at other things. Yeah. You know, which is a pretty interesting strategy. I think I've, I've learned from you too. And being able to say, man, I'll never forget going into class and watching you do something in the fitness track. I was like, oh my gosh, Hunter's losing his marbles. <laughs> you know, but you're yeah. like, hey man, I'm starting back up. My goal is for this and that and the other. So you have a very interesting strategy in your life of failing forward kind of looks different ways and being able to compartmentalize what you're actually trying to do and not letting too many things be called a failure. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't even call I wouldn't call that a failure of my fitness taking a step back because my goal is not to be the fittest person in the world at this point in my life. My goal, I have a lot of other goals. And so my goal is just to be to be fit and healthy in that aspect. And so to me, that's a success, like going to the gym, my goals for, I still have goals in fitness. Now they just look about being consistent. They look like being consistent, you know? And so that's, you know, changing, changing what I'm measuring changes what, what that looks like. But to me, um, you know, I could, I could look back on my, my competitive part of my life in CrossFit and look at it as a failure because I never achieved my ultimate goal. But now I know, like I learned so much about myself and about, you know, you know, discipline and, and, and how to help other people. That to me is a huge success because now I'm able to apply a lot of that stuff to other people. And I look at it this way. Like if I was five, eight, I probably would have made it to the games. I mean, let's just be honest. I probably would have, and I was close, but I was six, four. And, but because I was six, four, I had to learn way more than if I had been five, if I'd been five, eight, it would have come a lot easier. And that's what I think about it. Like a lot of these games, athletes, you know, they make it to the games a couple of times and then they're going to start writing a program and, and like, well, I made it to the games. And so you should follow my program. I'm like, you didn't, it, it, you didn't have to go through the struggle that somebody else who was not made for the sport had to go through. Like if you came into the sport already, um, you know, on third base, you think you hit a triple. <laughs> you, 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 yeah. You, no, you started on third base. It was easy for you. Why, why would you learn from somebody who it came easy to learn from somebody who it came really hard from and had to really examine and, and go down a lot of roads and, and trial and error and all that type of stuff. So that's something Tim Ferriss talked about um, in one of his books. I think it was Tools for Titans. He, and he said, when I'm trying to learn something, I don't necessarily look at the best in the world at that thing. I look at the people who are close to the best who don't fit the mold of everybody else. So like, 
For example, uh, if I want to learn gymnastics, I'm not going to go learn from every single gymnast who's five, seven guys. I'm going to learn from the six foot one gymnast who is not the best in the world, but he's pretty darn close to it. Mm. And like, what is he doing? Because he shouldn't be there with all these other people. And so you like, that looks like good to, to me. That was looking at Tommy Hackenbrook in CrossFit because you could watch a CrossFit games event when he was at the games and he looked like he was six, six. Cause he was so much taller than everybody else. He's six foot. <laughs> but you know, he on TV he looked like he was six six. I yeah. stood next to him. He's he's not even close to my height. But to he was succeeding in something he shouldn't have been because of what he was doing. And so I saw that and I was like, what is he doing? And that's when I really started trying to figure out what he was doing and and learning from him. And I modeled, you know, I I I, I reached out to him on Twitter and he recommended me to Mike Casio, who Mike Casio started brute strength and started I did brute strength from two years and I learned a tremendous amount from them. Um but that was because I was reaching out and trying to learn from somebody who was succeeding in something they shouldn't have been. And I think that applies to every area of life. But all that to say, because I was not built for this sport, it, uh, it made me examine a lot of uh, avenues that I wouldn't have normally examined. So. Yeah, boy, that's, uh, that's big, big wisdom there, life wisdom. Uh, Tom Brady is a great example of this. Because he wasn't a natural at football, because he was a six-round pick, he only played one year in college, because everybody wrote him off, he had to, ex- he had to you know, leave no stone unturned in trying to be the best at his craft. And so that led him to all this other exploration of body work that he does and, and the TB12 method and everything that's allowed him to now be, you know, win a Super Bowl at 43 or wh- however old he was. Um, and if he had been a first-round pick, I guarantee he would not be where he is today. Guarantee it. It's funny you bring that guy up in a conversation I with failure. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> the one sports prediction that I got right. <laughs> I'm going to ride that for the next 10 years. Oh, yeah, I, that's, it's going to be at the uh, at Ben Derrick's funeral. <laughs> he would like everybody to remember that in uh, 2021, he, he predicted that Tom Brady would win the Super Bowl. And oh, he was correct. Big deal. Big deal. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's a great answer. I think listening to you uh, too as well, and it's not just about listening to you now, it's just about as much life that we share together. Uh, you're good at, and I've adopted from you, being able to categorize things as this is a this is a capital F failure, this mm-hmm. is a lowercase f failure. And if you look at your life correctly, there are very few capital F failures, you know, and most of us know enough to avoid those sorts of situations. We get in trouble when we make those lowercase Fs, like I didn't PR on this lift or I missed my time on this workout or. Well, and that's not to say I haven't always been like when, man, when I used to train, I would get so frustrated if I didn't hit a PR. Like there's times when like I was throwing barbells and throwing equipment and slamming stuff and like trying a snatch like 30 times before I hit it, like just stupid stuff. And I mean, I shed a lot of tears when my CrossFit career ended, um, like just cried uncontrollably when I finally came to the realization that it was over and I wasn't going to reach my goal. But it, with time away from it, you're able to start looking at it and say, well, I, I did learn a lot from this and I got a lot from it, even though I didn't succeed, you know, in my ultimate goal, I, I succeeded in so many other ways, but in the moment you don't think about all that. You just think about, I, I, I didn't, you know, I, I came up short. Yeah. Perspective is a great teacher. Yeah. Yep. All right. Question seven. Great run on that one. Question seven. We both believe, uh, actually I should say the three of us, cause I know Chase believes this as well, that life is a journey. And it's actually a journey we have a lot of choices in. Mm -hmm. So I want you to tell us about a major fork in the road moment for Hunter 
in your life, why did you pick one way instead of the other way? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, a big, I would say a big fork in the road moment for me was about a year into my job after college. And um, I was making pretty good money for a single guy. And, um, but I sat at a desk all day and I hate, I, I just couldn't stand it. And I knew I didn't want to work there anymore because <clears throat> a lot of reasons I didn't like the guy I was working with the most. And I think I've talked about that before on here. Um, and I was also doing CrossFit. And I wanted to compete at the CrossFit games and I was training hard for that. And I just come off of my first year at regionals and it was really looking, I started looking for other jobs and I was looking online and looking at other positions and, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity back then. This was after, this was 2011, so it wasn't long after the 2009 market crash. Mm. And, you know, so when I graduated college, there was no jobs available. And um, there was not, even though, I, and I had an MBA at that point, and I didn't, there was nothing available for me there either. So I start, anyways, I started looking and some, some stuff started popping up and I was just reading the job descriptions and I, I applied for this position that one of my, this guy I played baseball with for college was telling me about, which was working for, um, um, like the bank, uh, bank, uh, I can't remember what, it, I can't even remember what it was, but it was like the federal bank, like, uh, region where you would go to like Florida or somewhere else and be in charge of like, uh, overseeing certain banks and stuff. And I applied for that and I applied for some other stuff. And I was just like, man, I don't want to do any, like mm. none of this stuff seems interesting to me. And around the same time, uh, the guy who had got me into CrossFit had kind of had a falling out with his business partners and he kind of, he got kind of kicked out of the business and the business was really kind of going downhill. And for me, that was a fork in the road moment of, um, do I want to get another job and find another job and continue probably not liking what I want to do and just continue to, you know, kind of live for the time after work and the weekends. Um, or do I want to really, you know, take a big, huge risk and, um, try to do what I'll, you know, go and do something that I love. I was 26 years old, um, probably just young and dumb enough to, <laughs> to, to take out a whole huge fat loan from the bank. Um, but that's what I did and I went for it and I was dumb enough to think I could do it. And, um, but I was smart enough to know, I didn't know what I didn't know and I needed to learn a lot. And so I started trying to learn as much as I could from some other people who had successful gyms. And, uh, that for me, that was a big fork in the road, I guess, of do I go out on this limb and take on all this huge debt, even though I already had a ton of student loans, um, or do I play it safe and, uh, take another job where I'd probably make a pretty good amount of money, but I I would be unhappy when I was at work every single day. And so to me, that was that was what I went for. Yeah, that's a pretty big fork in the road, especially yeah. when it involves that much money. It's interesting yeah. to to hear you talk now. Like in so many ways, you're the same guy that you were sitting at that desk, but in so many ways, you are not the same. Oh, guy. absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the way things play out. All right, so we got to lighten the mood just a little bit. Okay. Chase is like, I can tell he's getting real tense over there. Thanks. All right. <laughs> so you're, you're rating these one to 10. I've got 10 things. Okay. Okay. So these will be pretty quick. Then we got two questions to follow with a bonus question because I was trapped inside. All right. <laughs> so first question, rate one to 10 post game interviews. Um, on the value of them or the execution of them. <laughs> I knew he was going to overthink this. Uh, we're going to say value. Uh, Two. Two. Yeah, terrible. I agree with you. They Chase. don't ever say anything. 
The, yeah. With the rare exception of the random high school kid in some podunk town <laughs> who's like first time he knows it's only going to be his only time on TV ever, and he cracks. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll admit they had us in the first half. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. All right. I this, think compared to halftime interviews, uh, astronomically better. Yeah, uh, the, the, on the, a scale of halftime <laughs> to post game, <laughs> yeah. the NBA like mid, uh, after the first quarter interviews with like Greg Popovich are always just hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm, I always when I'm watching, I was like. Why do they do these? Yeah. All right. Number two, Zaps potato chips. Uh, ten. That's what I was thinking. Favorite flavor? Uh, voodoo or uh, crawl taters. Mmm. Spicy guy. All right. Yes. Three Marvel movies. Um, I would give all of them in a lump together. All oh, yeah. lumped together, I'll oh, give yeah. them a seven. Um, the uh, the Avengers, I'll give like a eight or a nine. But uh, God, what the uh, the Iron Man ones and the uh, there's one of the uh, Thor ones that's a ten. Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On an av- you got to put an average there. I'd say take seven. seven. Yeah. Okay. So the first two Thor movies themselves bring it down like two numbers. Yeah. Terrible, well, terrible movie. He found his way. All right. Yeah. yeah. But our, the first two Iron Mans were really good. Tens. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. just plays so it. good. Oh man, he's so good. Yeah, my kids have me watching the the new one. Uh, that's out now on Disney Plus. The Wanda series Vision? WandaVision. Oh, I tried to. I tried in the phone. I was like, ugh. And the ratings on it are like one and a half stars on Disney Plus, too. Ugh. They're doing a great job with the genres, but the storyline is like going nowhere. Yeah. All right. We got distracted. Number four, Dumbbell Snatch. <laughs> you ask that because I'm programming all the yes, time. Yes, right? all the freaking time. <laughs> I get I this is why I like the Dumbbell Snatch so much. Because yeah, it's a great stimulus, but it's not going to beat your body up too much. Says like, who? <laughs> I give it a I give it a nine. Man, I give it a. But what zero. does it do to your mental? Everyone listening right now up. gives it Look, a minus ten. Dumbbell snatch over a light barbell snatch. I'll take the dumbbell snatch every day of the week. All right, I'll go with you there. Yeah, the challenge is definitely there. All right, number five, country music. Oof, uh, two. Agreed. I think we all agree. Sorry, listening audience. All right, number six, Niagara Falls. Never been, uh, so I, I, I can't I can't accurately depict this, but it looks like it's pretty cool. I'll give it an eight. American side or Canadian side? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone that's been knows the American side sucks. Canada side's really cool. Canadian side is pretty. Canada side, you can get right up beside it. There's no, and I think your answer is correct, Hunter, because there's no, there's no way to understand it unless you've, you've actually there, yeah. seen it. Yeah. yeah, I thought I knew. Until I actually went. You've been home. in Niagara? Yes. No. Yeah. Wait, so what sides? So uh, here's no. Here's, I looked at the American side. It did look pretty bad. One, one to ten. The people that used to get in barrels and go off Niagara Falls. Oh, ten, man. Those those people were brave. Yeah. One guy survived, right? A couple of people have survived. I thought a lot of people. Survived. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, I mean, intense. I don't think they would do it if everybody died. <laughs> no, look. One thing you understand once you go is you as you're leaving, you have to drive past the place where the they would drop in, mm-hmm. and even that, you're like, whoa. I mean, you'd had to be crazy just to do it. Did mean, you walk down in the tunnels on the oh, American yeah. side? Yeah, just That's the, freaky. The rumble is like, yeah. wow. All right. Where so, is it? Is that Buffalo? Yeah. Yeah. I actually took a trip to Toronto. We drove over. It was pretty cool. Uh, you know, I'm a world I never traveler. realized how close Toronto is to the U.S. It's literally 45 like. 45-minute drive. Yeah. yeah. Or a little further. It's a cool city. Um, I'll say that. Exploding. All right. Number seven, Justin Timberlake. Oh. Uh, overall, I'll give him an eight. Think he's if you're like doing like acting, yeah, music. yeah, just personality yeah. Uh, in general, yeah. 
overall that's a scope of career. I gave him an eight. And I, hey, you know, in sync. I mean, they're kind of they're kind of underrated in the grand scheme of things. They were overrated at the time, but I think now they get a lot of hate. But I think this. I was thinking about this the other day when in sync song came on, and somebody was like, "Chant!" Some guy was like, "Change it!" And I was like. <laughs> A real sign of of masculine man is to be able to admit that hey, they got some good song. Yeah, Yeah, it's a good song to work out to. I think the thing that impressed me most about this guy is that he started there and where he is now. Yeah. Oh, he started at. Well, he started before that on the. uh, Oh yeah, on the Disney Clubhouse with Ryan Gosling. Yeah, and uh, Britney Spears and everything. I mean, the scope of his career and all the different stuff he's done. He's a pretty good actor too. Yeah, versatile. Yeah, he is. He's an introspective guy too. um, If you listen to his, he was on. Was on Dak Shepard. I didn't realize that. Have you listened to the Did podcast? Did he do Dax? Yes. Uh, yes, because he interviewed him, and they were talking about the first time they met was when on Punked and Dax, <laughs> that, like the, the most famous Punked episode. Oh, well, yeah. 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 And yeah. Uh, and Dax was like, I'm really sorry about that because <laughs> Justin Timberlake was talking about how high he was. And he <laughs> was when funny. they do flashback to Punked on his, yeah. uh, especially yeah. with Ashton. Yeah. Great, great. And Dax was like, I'm sorry, but I mean, like, it launched my career, so I'm not that sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. All right, so Timberlake gets an eight. Yeah. Uh, That's a little lower than I was expecting. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, Costco. Well, you got to, I think you got to take into the, the, there's there's some negatives. Yeah, yeah, okay, we'll get, yeah, that takes it down from a You can't get it, give him a 10. The whole thing with Britney, that was uh, was a weird thing. All right, so Costco, number eight. Uh, 10. 10. Hmm, there's some debate there. In that genre? Some people are Sam's people, some people Costco. Oh, people. Oh, Costco, Costco is a 10 compared to Sam's one. I would agree with that. I have friends that, that debate that, though. Well, they, well they're, 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 <laughs> they're wrong. Loose. Yeah, they're wrong. Yeah. They're, wrong. <laughs> they're no Justin no debate, Timberlake. Yeah. yeah. All right, this is an interesting one. Nine, sunflower seeds. Oh, uh, I'll give sunflower seeds. Here's what I give them. I'll give sunflower seeds a seven, and this is why. Sunflower seeds well, as a as a pastime. I mean, I ate a lot of sunflower seeds when I played baseball. I imagined it was either dip or sunflower seeds, and I I, I chose sunflower seeds. Which one's better for you though? Yeah, uh, really. Lots Look, of salt. Overall health benefits. But here's the thing. Oh, the sunflower seeds are way better for you than tobacco. <laughs> what kind of question is that? <laughs> what kind of question is that? Right over <laughs> one has a lot of salt. One gives you cancer. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> hey, I don't know. Uh, uh, Just don't swallow it. But <laughs> sunflower seeds for activity are great. The problem is your mouth gets raw after a while. Yeah, I, like I would, sour skittles. See, I think yeah. sunflower seeds are overrated because you have to be in a particular circumstance for them to be valuable. But it, you know, it's really crazy. I want to think about sunflower seeds, and I'll go like sit in the stands, watch a baseball game, and like I'm craving sunflower <laughs> seeds immediately. Just like yeah. it's just like the the Pavlov's dog, the bell right, rings. Uh, let's go back to Zaps. Flavor: some ranch people, some barbecue people, some no. Just give me the regulars. Anyone that chooses dill over barbecue and ranch are stupid people. I do like though. the dill ones. They're not bad, but ranch and barbecue are clearly superior. Over the, have dill. you guys had the crawl taters? <laughs> I thought we were talking about sunflower seeds. Yeah, we're back on sunflower seeds now. But yeah, I have had crawl taters. The zaps, I'm saying like sunflower seeds. Oh, you're saying best sunflower seeds flavor. Yeah. 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 I like yeah. the Frito Lays. I like the original, and then I also like the uh, the the barbecue. Frito-Lay. What are you, Mississippi gas station? Come yeah. on. They're green. It's a green package. Those are the best ones. They're better than the uh, the other ones. Like two for a buck. The, the other, yeah, yeah. All right, last one. Just looking for some honesty here, so brace yourself. Number 10, afternoon naps. Rate 1 to 10. Uh, 10. Figured. 30 minutes or less. Yeah, got to be 30 minutes. Anything over 30 minutes, you're groggy and you can't sleep at night. But under thir- uh, thir- uh, 15, 10 to 30-minute power nap is drastically underrated. Yeah, I and, think and even people, just laying down, even if you don't fall asleep, more people should be doing that. I don't know why Americans don't join the rest of the world. Yeah, it, it increases productivity. 
It has does. to. It, no, it, it does. To. It's per, it's been proven. Yeah. Well, we're not we're not about science around here. <laughs> All right. Question nine. We're on the home stretch now. I thought that was ten. You said ten. <laughs> no, happening? I did. That was ten. I'm going to question oh, nine now. That was ten of the. 10. That was ten of the oh, ten. Okay. okay. Man, maybe sounds like you need a nap, huh? Okay. Yeah, I do. All I right. was confused too. Okay. Yeah. Question number eight had ten parts. We okay. just completed that. <laughs> now we're going to question nine. Oh. Yes. Now we're going he's, to question he's, nine. He's backing his way into the hundred questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right. This this will be interesting based on what what you said already today. Can you imagine yourself in any other line of work? Can I imagine myself? Yeah, I could. Um, could uh, I could. Um, I could see myself being a writer. Um, I, <laughs> I could see myself. I used to want to be an actor when I was a kid. I could definitely see myself doing that. There we go. Um, I think that would be... I, I think that would just be fascinating. Um after reading Matthew McConaughey's book, and he's just I talking knew about, about to bring that up. Just talking about all the different characters he plays, I think that would be really, really cool to do. Um, but I wouldn't want—I would not want the Hollywood the life and, and yeah. the, the just dealing with that type of people. Mm. Oh, that just makes my skin crawl. Yeah, I'm, gonna, but I'm the, gonna live in like Nashville yeah. and then play. Hey, people Hollywood. are doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that type of that type of acting, I think, would be really cool. And just trying to get inside the mind and like the a character of like you know, actual person and trying to learn about that. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, I, you know, I, I wanted to be a baseball player my whole life, but I just couldn't imagine myself doing that. Somebody asked me a couple years ago, they're like, what if, if, uh, somebody came and offered you a, a million dollar contract right now, would you play, would you go sign? I was like, no, because I don't, I wouldn't want to play in the minors and ride the bus and everything. Mm. Yeah. Now if they were paying me to go play in Yankee stadium every night, yeah, I probably would take that. <laughs> but I mean, there's a, a lot of, if I was only getting, dude, a there's a lot, there's so much, point, though. there's so <laughs> much, go. there's so much pressure that comes with those jobs. Like people don't even realize like, like it is in, like you have one bad game and it's like the worst, you know, you're, you're a bum everywhere you walk. People are jeering you and all that type of you stuff. You wouldn't ride the bench for a year just to get $5 million, though? Oh, yeah, I would do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> the guy that got signed to the practice squad this year, but he didn't even have to go to the uh, – he could stay at home. Uh-huh. That's right. Like, that's what I'm talking about. That's the $500,000 to yeah. just stay at home. Still just, I would uh, put that – practice jersey in a shadow box, put it in my office. Um, What's that any, about? Any type of, like, business um, – and like running a business, I think I would love to do, you know, it would be cool to be, you know, different type of business and, and a challenge for that type of thing. But um, as far as like physical, like athlete, that type of thing, I couldn't see myself doing that. Yeah. Plus I'm too old for it anyways. That's interesting. Yeah. You're, you're way past your prime, <laughs> buddy. All right. Number 10. So writer and actor, those are, those writer are kind of, or yeah, actor. That's that makes kind sense. Of, that's kind of where my I've been going. Those more, are both the story that side of my professions. Brain. Yeah, more more tour. Yeah, create, create. I love to create. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I've as I've gotten older, that's what I really love to do. Yeah, cool. I like it. All right, question ten. Home stretch. Name someone you've never met, but has been really influential in your life so far. Uh, I would say Ron Holiday. That makes sense. Um, he he just puts out so much great stuff, and he has. Uh, not only his books that he's written, but he put he sends out a book uh, li- list, uh, list yeah. email, and I've been subscribing to that for years, and I have them all flagged, and I've read tons of those books just by the way he's um, shaped uh, my thinking. And that you know, when I read the obstacle way, is the way I talk about this, it literally blew my mind. I read it in like two days, and it changed the way I thought about everything. So I would point to him, and then another would be Tim Ferriss. 
um, just because he has pointed me. He's opened my mind to so many different things that I never thought about and pointed me into so many different books and podcasts that have gone on to shape my, my, uh, my learning and growth and that type of thing. Interesting. So. Both those guys, I, f- I follow both those guys as well. I would much rather read them than listen to them. Yeah, and Ryan Holiday was really bugging me this past year when he started making all his political posts and everything. Mm-hmm. I thought some of the stuff he on, was he was saying was pretty hypocritical to what he stands for, and I mean it just. But then it kind of shows you everybody's human, and everybody looks at things through their own lens. And so he was looking at things through this lens, even though he's written all this other stuff um, that kind of to me contradicted what he was saying, but. Yeah, uh, Tim Ferriss, uh, his podcast can be hard to get through sometimes. Yeah, for real. It's just, so monotone. Yeah. Who's your answer to that, Ben? Oh, man, someone I've never met, but has been a big influence. Um, there, There's this guy that I've been reading since I was about 17, believe it or not, Henry Nowen. And uh, he's, he wrote a lot, and he was a very troubled guy. And internally, I'm also a very troubled guy. So to have someone to talk to about that, listening to his his uh, talks that he gave and his books, uh, pretty influential. Another guy, Eugene Peterson, just died uh, recently, I think within about the past two years. That guy was a pastor and was very open with his just how horrible that lifestyle is. So, yeah, those two guys, uh, I, when I'm like looking for something to read, that's different than all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. I go to those two guys. I have one more that made you said that you read since you were younger. Bill Simmons for me. I used to read his uh, column on page two every Friday. He'd have mailbags and he'd do power rankings, all that type of stuff. And that really opened up my mind to like what's possible with writing. And it's not just this <clears throat> literature and prose and that type of stuff. Like there's a lot of cool stuff you can do. And um, now I listen to his podcast. I don't like it as much as his books, but. Um, or his, his columns and everything, but that just like the combination of sports and pop culture was just, I loved it so much. It was so fascinating to me because nobody else was doing that. And so he's had a huge influence on me in that aspect. Yeah. You've mentioned him before. Yeah. All right. Now I'm intrigued uh, by your answer, Chase. Um, I think I would have two. Um, is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. We had two. Um, one is Ken Turagi, Kutaragi. (laughs) <laughs> who is the creator of the PlayStation ah. uh, because that's been a part of my life uh, for years now. Not specifically because of gaming, but like even some of the best friends I have now, I've never met before in real life, and it's because of oh, stuff the, like that. Oh, the interconnectivity. That, that's yeah, a crazy part stuff. of that world, isn't it's, it? It's like a whole like thing that's about to be a part of every day. Like the generation, like my generation, and especially like Gen Z, like that's about to be like part of their whole upbringing is having friends that they've never met before yeah um and then second to that is a guy named sean hutchinson he's a quote-unquote youtuber but i used to watch his stuff starting back in like 2008 and 9 and he i've been watching him and stuff like that for i guess 12 years now if not 13 um he's an extreme like he's an atheist extremely liberal guy and the reason it's influenced me is because, like, up until that point in my life, I'd never, like, known anybody with that kind of, uh, like, viewpoint on life. And so that, that was the first, like, everyday influence of that kind of mindset that I've ever had in my life before. And so, like, I, don't, I rarely agree with, you know, 90% of the stuff that he says, but, this, but it'll, it has always allowed me to have, like, 
uh, that perspective in mind throughout my life. Like I, it kept me from being like overly conservative, Uber, whatever, like the, a lot of times that the South can create, it's allowed me to at least have a, a more central mindset, um, not politically or anything like that, but like just with people more than anything. It, that's interesting. Hunter brought that up as well with, with Ryan Holiday. I think you're bringing up generations, and this is increasing the generational gap because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm stuck like right in the middle of like, uh, what do you call me? Like a, an old man, millennial? There's like this thing that I, what it depends I, like on the you're topic. You're on Gen X and millennial. Yeah, yeah so um, I think people who are younger, uh, our younger listeners could totally resonate with that. Like there's a part of this uh, person's mindset and belief system that I, I kind of align with and I've learned from mm-hmm. the other 90%, I got, I can throw that out and that's right. fine. That doesn't mean I have to throw out that 10%. So you see a lot of the, a lot of the older people and I'll call older people in this example, older would be like 40 and above who are like, Hey, if I don't agree with 94% of what this person stands for, I don't have anything to learn from them. That's you know? such a mistake because yeah, no doubt you can learn so much from people who think completely different than you in so many other aspects, but you take something from what they say and learn from it. And you don't have to agree with everything. We're all human. We're not going to agree with everything somebody else well, says. Plus the QC for being such a freaking douche yeah. and like <laughs> throwing, throwing out people from your life that you disagree yeah. with and canceling them from yeah. having any kind of influence over you or yeah. relationship. You didn't cancel Ryan holiday. No, you're, you're still looking at that. No, list. Yeah, yeah. All right. Bonus question before we get to outside the box. Wow. Bonus question. It's going to be quick. Okay. Right? Finish this phrase. No matter what, blank. No matter what, blank. No matter what. <laughs> no matter what, you're not a lesser man for using flushable wipes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just how many people just did you out right there? Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to take it a lot deeper than that. <laughs> you, no, it is deep because you, you can't. You can't subject yourself to that kind of lifestyle of not being, uh, you know, blessed by flushable whites because of stigma around using a wipe as a grown man. Mm. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the dude wipe. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I was going to say something like either keep learning or keep growing. Uh, uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not practical. Don't stop. You know, the, <laughs> yeah, no matter what, keep I, learning. I th- yeah, that's a good one because I think, God, like, people will get and you know have success in a certain area and then they think they've made it and just stop and and you know uh we were talking about this before like my high school football coach just resigned after 25 years and i I think with so many you know i see it with coaches specifically like they have something that works and then they just kind of write they just keep doing the same thing over and over instead of like changing with the times and learning and evolving. And it happens in any industry, you get some success and then you just want to kind of keep doing what got you there, but what got you there is not going to get you to the next level. And so keep learning and growing and staying up with what's going on. And so always improving. I think that's great advice. I was, as I was thinking about it, of course I had some lead time. I would say stay curious yeah, that's a good uh, one. Because that's, that's what gets me to that. And, yeah. and, and not just being in books, but staying curious about other people, mm-hmm. curious about your own story. Like, curiosity, I think, is really on the decline. 
so I agree. I think we need to keep reminding people, you got to stay curious. Like, what is it causing this problem? Or why are you less motivated than you used to be? Or what is it that's made you hit this plateau in this particular area? If you stay curious, if you approach something as curious and not angry or skeptical. Yeah, that's such a good point. Man, it op- opens you up to a lot that, of things. That, and that, speaking to the cancel culture, like, mm. be curious about why somebody said what they said as opposed to just say, oh, they said this, they're they're canceled. You know, they're out of here. <laughs> they just, well, they're why, on the platform. Yeah. Why did they say, why, why, why did you do something? And that's, that's empathy. That's what that is, is yeah. trying to learn about somebody and understand, well, why did you do this? Or why did you do that? Or what made you think that as opposed to just judging them for what they say or what they do and, and writing them off. Um, curious, curiosity is the, the ticket to get actually knowing somebody and developing a relationship. But cure like, I keep going back to learning about successful people, but so many of these people at young, when from the very young age, they were just curious about life and they just wanted to learn about certain people or certain things and whatever you're curious about, just go after it. And then, you know, if you're not curious about it anymore, find something else you're curious about. Never run out of stuff to be curious about ever. There's so much, there's so much to this world that you can, you'll never learn about it in a million lifetimes. And that's why you take the PhD in history. That's right. Uh, <laughs> took, it, took a full circle. Yeah, right. book in that. Great. All right. Hey, I think we're 20 questions in. Still successful. I'm going to go ahead Boom. and call it. That was Great. a good one. We Tom Brady'd that second 10 questions. You Surprised everybody. We've been recording? How long? An hour. An hour. <laughs> yes. Hey, I'm still in it. Are Great. you still here? Yeah. All right. So we get to our outside the box. <laughs> Snowpocalypse edition. <laughs> All right. So. All right. We can keep this one brief. Can I, huh? can I tweak our original design yeah. sure. uh, for the sake of time and also people continuing to listen? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the original question was top three snow day slash week activities, depending on where you are, yep. uh, to do in Mississippi. I think just go with the one that you found. Your favorite. Yes. Okay. Your favorite thing to do uh, when the snowpocalypse hits in your uh, local southern uh, hemisphere. Wait, mm. so, southern. Local We're in the southern. northern hemisphere. <laughs> you get what we're south. saying. In the south. There we go. Rescued it. All right. I had two things, so I got. I have to pick one. Well, if you already have two, Just say two. It. Yeah, they're, they're quick. Okay. Uh, a close second would be uh, cooking a meal outdoors over your fire pit. Mm. That was really fun. You know, I, I thought about that too late. It, yeah. All my wood was already frozen by the time <laughs> I had the idea. Yeah, it was fun. Like, I mean, the, it tastes terrible, and it's not probably something you'd really enjoy, but... It was fun in the process. Yeah, yeah. it gets you outdoors. Okay, yeah. the, the first one is going to sound like a softball, but man, did it make a difference for me. I downloaded two new books on, on my Kindle, mm-hmm. and you can sit in your living room and go to a thousand different places. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a great escape. It kept me still, kept my mind moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, kept me from thinking about all the other stuff that would be causing me a lot of anxiety. So, man, people really underestimate the power of a good book. Yeah, uh, that's what I would say, too. Just a good book and, and some <clears throat> some coffee. And get to where you can see outside and see the snow and everything. Because snow is great when you're looking at it from inside. It's pretty cool. But so you have a coffee with your chips is what you're saying. Because I know no. you had some chips over the Not snow. in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever eat, drink coffee with chips, though? No, that sounds ugh, gross. Ugh, that sounds yeah, <laughs> nasty. Good. I don't eat anything with coffee. I, drink, I just thank you. People always call me freaking crazy when I don't no. like order a muffin with my coffee when I go somewhere. I'm like, I don't want just no, I, don't co- eat I just with want my coffee. coffee. Yeah. The coffee is enjoy. the experience. Yeah, co- it is exactly. I want to sit and enjoy my coffee. Good. Okay, we're go. the we're the we're not the minority. <laughs> yeah. All right. So your your top activity. Yeah, mine would be 
uh, brave the cold and just take a walk. Like, how often mm. are we going to get to see that level of snow in Mississippi? Now, maybe that is our future. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but as of right now, you know, it was unprecedented. Yes, so yes. Next time it happens, if it does, get outside, you know? It was great. I took, a, like, a two-hour walk one day uh, for different reasons, but it was cool to see everything frozen Were you over. able to walk without slipping? No, constantly <laughs> fell, but That's, it was fun. It wasn't the snow; it was the ice that gets you. It really you. was. Yeah. It, it was crazy. Well, yeah, I, I think those are quality. Most yeah. people probably yeah. Yeah, did, did those. You know, it's just being in the South. What do you do? I don't know. We didn't. Only people I saw walking in my neighborhood were teenagers. That's because they're crazy. Yeah, yeah. We had a lot. A lot of people who were out just investigating. I mm. think so. Yeah. In their Polaris's. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. On the local golf course. Yeah. Yeah. Which led to a lot of letters and, and emails. All right. So oh, we got I some recommends. Yeah, yeah. We got to recommend some stuff here in mm-hmm. case, you know, we get snowed in again. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, so I'll, I'll just talk about the book that I, uh, I read. Um, it's called, um, I mean, shoot, I just typed the wrong thing. I'm trying to find the author real quick. Um, uh, Napoleon, a life by Andrew Roberts. And uh, it's a biography on Napoleon, like I said. uh, And I was never really 100% sure on how he kind of came to power through the the French Revolution, all all the logistics of how that happened and everything. Um, So that's pretty cool to to see. But just learning about somebody just who has just a singular focus from early on of what they want to do and just going after and just becoming... Um, just an incredible force of nature is pretty, pretty interesting. And that time period, you know, we know a lot about America during that time period in the seven, late 1700s, early 1800s, but the rest of the world, we just kind of gloss over in one year. <laughs> we in were history. doing big things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like Napoleon should be much older than he was. He was, yeah, he was really young. I mean, he was 26 when he, Oh, I meant, I meant like time period. Oh, yeah, yeah. It seems happened. a lot longer yeah. than, ago than it, than it was. Yeah, it was only... Like his reign ended in the early 1800s. Yeah, only crazy. 100 years before World War One, Man. Which is how far away we are from World War One. Yeah. So that's that pretty crazy. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Look at you. So you're like a thousand page book. All right, I have an interesting recommend, and I say this at great risk because it could be used against a lot of people. But I read a book um, called When Narcissism Comes to Church. Oh. Yeah. And uh, man, does it help people decode a lot of their terrible church experiences? Mm-hmm. So now, I'm not assuming everyone who listens to this is is a churchgoer or anything like that. But even if you don't go to church, or if if you like kind of grazed up against it and had some bad experiences, if you've had some church red flags. Yes, yeah. this book helps you understand that every church, everywhere, always is run by people. And those people, yeah. a lot of them have significant issues, and that's why they're choosing to run a church in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a chance that it could rescue your view of the church as an organization, uh, because let's face it, it is not appreciating a great re- reputation right now. Uh, yeah. But it also, and I'll, it'll, I'll go a step further, it also helps you be curious about your own story, and narcissism is a big thing in this uh, self-awareness world right now, mm-hmm. and especially for Americans to read it. I mean, the book was reading me a lot of the pages, I'll say that. It's a really quick read uh, written by a guy who's got his feet on the ground. It's not one of those real, like, therapist, up-in-the-cloud, Fowler processing books. You can really understand what he's trying to get across, so I, I highly recommend it. It's pretty cheap, too. Quick download, quick read. 
Mm. You know what another uh, book that, that would help you understand churches would be? 48 Laws of Power. Oh, man. <laughs> Holy smokes. That book, I'm, I'm about halfway through, and it made me so nervous I had to put it down. <laughs> like, I've recommended it to a bunch of people, and, and multiple people have said that. Like, I just couldn't read anymore. It made me feel sleazy. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> so many people use those laws to get ahead. Yeah, man. they do. Yeah. So, all right, yeah, good reads. Chase, surely you have something that isn't a read to recommend. Uh, no, I don't. I have a read recommend. Kind of. What? It's a. Tw- it's not like y'all's level reading recommends. This is something you know. This is another recommendation I could give for a good snowy week. Uh, not enough people get stuck in Wikipedia article tr- rabbit holes. Oh boy! Where you just click a link, oh, hyperlink, click a link, hyperlink, click hyperlink. a link. Man, <laughs> kind of uh, coincidentally, I learned a lot about France last night. Did you? Just uh, yeah. So when I use the the Google search app as like my main browser, yeah. uh, on my phone. And underneath the search bar, it always gives like these recommended articles. Yeah. And one of them was about uh, Andorra, Andorra, in uh, in Europe, which is a principality governed by the Catholics and the French. Somehow, uh, it's weird. Anyway, started there and ended up researching all the way back to Napoleon. Actually, uh, actually is where I ended up before I said, you know what, I need to do something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's three in the morning. I need to go to bed. Yeah. Here's the one last thing we could recommend if if a snow week happens ever again. Start this episode. By the time you finish, everything will have thawed. And life will return <laughs> there you to go. Yeah. Great, great. This is our longest in quite a while. But All you right. You know what? Sometimes you got to break records. That's, That's right. right. See you next two weeks from now. <laughs>